You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hey guys, welcome, 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 welcome back. Hopefully you've been listening to all of the other episodes that preceded this one. I am Jamie Migdahl, and I am so happy to be here with you today. We are here talking pets, talking business on the show, well, aptly named Pets Mean Business here on the Pet Life Radio Network. And it's been a really great ride so far. We've been having such wonderful feedback from people. We've had amazing guests. We're really, I think, getting to the heart of what um, what we want you as our listeners to be able to take away, which is that there's a big, big world out there. As it relates to the pet industry and it relates to um, entrepreneurship, volunteerism, and everything in between. And we have been just really fortunate. We've had some incredible guests, real innovators, you know, industry leaders, just really just incredible people that at one point, I think I actually, I did cry on a podcast. I did. I cried on a podcast. And I think the reason that I cried is because I love this industry myself. I love this industry. I've been in this industry for 20 years. I've been so fortunate to have like incredible experiences with clients and with their pets and with great staff. And I've just met people who have totally changed my life and my life has been completely changed through my experiences in the industry. I don't know where I would be in my life right now if it weren't for the pet industry. I, When this podcast and when this show became an opportunity for me, that was my whole thing is that you know, it's totally transformed me as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a human being. And this industry has done that. And I know that there are so many people, I talk to those folks every day, I talk to you guys every day about that you want to be in that position, that you want to take your passion working with pets and apply that and find a way to monetize that potentially or do something else with that. And it's here. It's here for you. We're here for you. This industry is warm and amazing and passionate and compelling. And it's huge. It's $60 billion. $60 billion. So that's how we get to this place about talking about pets as it relates to business, not just as it relates to our heart, because that's always there in the center of everything we do when we work in the pet industry. But this is just way beyond that. And I've been really fortunate with this show that I've been able to have some great guests on that come from all different spectrums. And today is no different than that. So today, guys, here's the cool thing for all of you techie folks. I mean, you know, we are going to get there eventually, right? So here we are. We have our first tech entrepreneur guest. And I met this person a few months ago at a trade show. And I've been very impressed with his business and very impressed with how he is moving forward and how he understands his position and how he is approaching things. So everybody, please welcome my guest, Garrett Tedlock. Hello, Garrett. Hi. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to talk to all those pet lovers and people who are thinking about entering the industry. And I'll give as much guidance as I possibly can in history for uh, you know my journey along the way. That's going to be awesome. Let me just really quickly, I feel like a lot of people when they're listening to our show, they're also getting online so they can understand who our guests are and get some you know 360 understanding. So you are the CEO and founder of Paul Loyalty. So why don't you go ahead and give the website out? www.pawloyalty.com. I spell that. P-A-W and then loyalty, like a loyal friend, L-O-Y-A-L-T-Y.com. 
Awesome. And so here's what I'm going to tell you guys before we go to break. Um, if you're already on the website, great. If you're not, go check it out because this conversation will be a lot more meaningful if you have some visual. But if you're driving or something, don't do that, of course. But if you're sitting somewhere where you can do it. So Pet Loyalty. Um, and again, I was just introduced to this company several months ago and have really done some exploration and have been very impressed. So it's a pet business management software. Okay, a pet business management software. And the way that Garrett and his team have designed this is that it's simple to use, but it's sophisticated enough to support and grow businesses that manage up to and beyond 250 pets per day. So this is a very um, impressive piece of software, very, a lot of great functionality. We're going to talk about some of those tangible things, but like Garrett said, and like I said, we're going to also spend quite a bit of time um, as much as we can today just talking about the business of business and talking about you know the, the goods and the bads and the stuff in between. So when we come back from break, which we're going to take right now, we're going to have a nice, intimate, wonderful conversation with a tech entrepreneur in the pet space, Garrett Tadlock, and talk about his company and his life. And I look forward to doing that. So guys, we'll be right back. Active for Pets is a new wellness platform and app that helps pet parents save time and money on their vet bills. Stop paying for unnecessary vet treatments. Consult with a vet online. Get unlimited access to your pet's entire health history from any computer or smartphone with the Active for Pets app. Vaccinations, medications, test results, and more. Active 4 Pets gives you access to a team of expert vets for non-emergency care. Make an appointment before, during, or after office hours. Skip the waiting room and get a secure online vet consult on your schedule. Taking care of your pets is as easy as it gets with Active 4 Pets. Ready to try Active 4 Pets? Listeners get 40% off a one-year membership. To get this great offer, use promo code PETLIFE on the sign-up page of Active4Pets.com. That's A-C-T-I-V, the number 4, P-E-T-S, dot com. Or call 888-512-2848. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, lovely listeners for Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio Network. It's Jamie McDowell. I'm your host and glad that you're back with us. Glad that you're here. Really excited to be with you guys today talking about pets and business. And today, like I mentioned before the break, we're really lucky to have with us a tech entrepreneur um, in the pet space. And as this is as this space is growing and rapidly changing and being disrupted, as they say, in the tech world, more and more tech businesses are popping up every day to main to streamline um, operations, to create better customer service opportunities, to look for different revenue streams within an already established business. So these things are happening. And my guest today, Garrett, has seized an opportunity. You, you saw something, right, Garrett? What did you see? I, what happened? I what did, did you see? What, what's going on? What did you see? Why are you here? Not why you're here, but how did you get, <laughs> how did you get to PaulLoyalty.com? How did we get here? Well, you know, I'm a passionate person and I had a really great idea, or at least I thought I had a really great idea. And I had initially thought, you know what? I was booking flights online, booking hotels online, booking everything online. I thought, you know what? No one really streamlines the booking process for booking pet services, for taking my dog to daycare or to set him up with a boarding facility or something like that. That's right. And I thought, you know what? That's a great idea. I'm going to go ahead and do that. So I quit (laughs) my job. 
Uh, same day, uh, I had the idea. I quit my job. I'd been no. there for eight wait, years. Did you really wait? Did you quit it the same day for real? Absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. wait. So you actually. Uh, so you you had. A, I assume a, a decent job, right? You have a family, I know. So you had a decent I had job. A great. I had. You know, to be honest, I looked back and I thought I had really a wonderful job. I was a Microsoft technology consultant for about eight years. Wow. Well, and right. uh, yeah, I was making great money. I had a great expense account. I work with great people. I loved what I was doing. But, you know, I have three kids and one more on the way. And I, you know, I, we had always wanted to plan for the future. And part of that future includes traveling and being able to go on nice long vacations and work from anywhere. And right. with consulting, you can't do that. You have to be in a particular place meeting with particular business people. So I knew that I wanted to get into software. Software is something I'm really passionate about, but I didn't have an idea. And then the day I did have that idea, I quit my job. So can I ask you, at that moment when you decided to do that, did you? who did you consult with first? Did you go to your wife? Did you go to a friend? Did no. You go to- Mentor. I literally just walked in and I quit. <laughs> I really? didn't consult with anyone. Yeah, I came home and I told my wife what I did and I said, I have this great idea and I'm going to run with it. And she's like, I would really appreciate it if next time you would talk to me first. Heads like up you would, would be recommend nice. Jamie. Right. Uh, <laughs> but great job. What are we going to do? So that's just kind of how it just kind of started all of a sudden in the middle of nowhere. So you just mentioned this conversation you had with your wife um, where she said, listen, okay, I trust. I obviously love you. Like, I obviously think that you're this great guy. So I'm behind you. Next time, you know, a heads up would be nice. But has, listen, as an entrepreneur, as a tech, as an entrepreneur of a tech startup, especially, which I think is a whole different game, not better or worse, just different. How is the, as you've been growing your company and going through all of the trials and tribulations, everything from, you know, developing the actual software to all of the funding and financing issues that we face as tech entrepreneurs. How has the relationship with your wife evolved? Is she as excited as she was the day that you brought this new, this new identity home? Or how more, has that evolved? So. Yeah, I would say that initially she was really nervous <laughs> because of just the abruptness of, of that change and the unknown of where it's going to go and what we're going to do and if it's going to be a good market fit and things like that. But over the last six years, she's become very excited. And now, you know, now that she sees her retirement at a visible distance, I'd say she's very excited and she's super supportive and she's okay with me working till three o'clock in the morning, three nights a week and, you know, getting a little sleep. And, you know, she has the utmost of patience and respect for what I do. And she helps where she can. She still works her own job in the training industry which has actually been a really big help for us and our business in terms of just, you know, helping customers and mm-hmm. figuring out right, the right process. But yeah, she has been amazing through the whole thing and keeps getting happier and happier as we continue to see more and more success. What about other people in your life? What was that like when you announced this? And what, is it, what was it like then as compared to what it's like now? Did people, I would imagine you were in a very um, community of well-established professional people doing high-level things. And here you are, I'm going to go do a pet technology play. What's that been like for you? How's that transformation been? How have those relationships been maintained or have they not? Or have they changed? Uh, yeah, you know, we definitely, I, I definitely maintain all my technical relationships. I think that, you know, starting a tech company and coming from the tech space, I think it was really a good benefit to me and people mm-hmm. that I can lean on and get advice from. And, you know, I've worked with some really amazing technologists throughout the years. Even my former boss, I still meet with him every month and, and talk to him about what they're doing and different things that he can add value to my business business and talk to me about process and things like that. So, you know, I'm a connector. I don't ever want to, even if I'm not going down that bridge, I'm not going to burn it ever. And so I always maintain relationships and I keep in touch. And I think that's just kind of part of being an entrepreneur is 
continuing to have people mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. who will support you and ask you questions and challenge you on what you're doing. I totally um, agree. But with I definitely that. got a lot of challenges. There's no question about it. People are like, are you kidding me? I mean, when I right. walked in, my boss who I'd worked with for eight years, and he, I was like, you know, I'm quitting. He's like, where are you going? Are you going to competitor? I was like, no, I'm going to go start a company that does software as a service for pet businesses. Yep. Like, you're an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> you're of an course idiot. you said no that. Way that's going to work. That's like, his job. To say I'll that. make that work. Right, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, after that first, the initial shock and awe of my new endeavor, everyone's been super supportive. My family, my friends, and my coworkers. So to that, this is all, you know, rainbows and unicorns here that you're describing, which I love. And I think that this positivity is not only wonderful, but it's necessary when you're an entrepreneur. You clearly live that. I mean, you, you embody this joy and this, you're living a life of possibilities. And I just so enjoy that part of you and also really strive for that myself. So I, I, and I hope people are really picking up on that. But let's talk about some other things too. What's the hard stuff? Well, you know, I think that the hardest part initially was realizing that my idea wasn't right. (laughs) I realized that within about two and a half months of quitting my job, I follow a lean startup model, which basically means that you have an idea and then you need to go out and test your idea before you start building anything. And the way I went about testing my idea was I started cold calling all of these different businesses who Mm -hmm. I thought potentially could use my product. I did about a five-minute interview with about 50 to 60 different companies, and I consistently heard two things. I mean, I heard a lot of things that were very similar, but the two nuggets of what I heard was, number one, people were terrified to even think about doing real-time booking through a travel site that gets a million hits a day. They were terrified, and they wouldn't use it. That was the first kind of blow, was like, okay, wow, I just quit my great job that I've loved, and now I'm trying to pursue something that no one wants. Okay. That's a kick in the pants for sure. And that's actually, yeah. you know, I'm going to, I want to just make a comment here. I think that for people considering getting into any business, forget pet space. If you're looking at starting a business, you have an appetite for risk, right? That's, that's what we do as entrepreneurs. We have an appetite for risk and we're not afraid of risk. And we actually sometimes move in the direction of risk. Um, it's just part of the pathology of an entrepreneur. But to that point, and you obviously saw this happen and you have come out of it on the other side strongly. But if we're giving advice and we're really having an honest conversation about what to do around best practices for developing a product, and let's just, again, we'll stay within the technology umbrella, that one of the first things that we are supposed to do is go find out is there a market. (laughs) for the idea. And so it's interesting, and I give you huge props for this, that you did it the other way around. So you quit your job, and then you found that there was no market, and then you had to pivot, and then you had to come up with something different. And then, of course, from there, we we have all this wonderful success. But it's really, you know, I think it's important that people hear your story, but also realize that you had a unique situation. Um, You took a chance, and it's paid off greatly. But it's really, um, you know, if risk is not availed to you, Um, And tell me if you would agree with this, that better to do a market check and do those interviews, get the data, get the information, get some clarity around what you're attempting to do before maybe certain people quit their jobs. And again, listen, I think that I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Typically, (laughs) typically that's what you would do. But there are certain personality types that thrive with that pressure. That's right. And that's the personality type that I have. So if I would have done the market check, the fit, and it wasn't there, no one liked my idea. I probably wouldn't have pivoted the idea. I probably just kept my job. Wow. Um, I love that. That's very insightful. Garrett, that's super, yeah. so super for insightful. Me, it was like the pressure's on. I quit my job. I better make this thing work. I better be successful. Dude, I mean, I that's awesome. Job back, but, okay, um, seriously, Garrett, hold on for one second. That 
is so, again, another really, oh gosh, I love this. I love what you're saying right now because it's about this like personal insight, right? When you're going to take a risk and go work for yourself, and again, this is now regardless of industry or segmentation or vertical, if you're going to do this, know yourself, like know, know yourself. And from there, you can make the right decisions. Even if those decisions end up being not the right decisions, at least they're in line with who you know that you are. Okay, we're going to stop right there for a second. I want to move forward with uh, all of the things that we've already been talking about. But I also really want to talk about some of your advice. I really want to get to your advice and talk about you know what tech startups are doing in the pet space. I've seen a lot of things go right. I've seen a lot of things go wrong and a lot of things in between. I know you have as well. Let's get deep on that when we come back from our break and uh, see what we can learn and teach and figure out together. How does that sound? Sounds good. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. All right. We're going to take a break. Jamie Migdahl, that's my name, and uh, you're listening to Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio Network. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back shortly with Garrett Tedlock. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet, bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friend. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at Pet Lady World. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com All right, we're back. We're back from break. And I'm Jamie Migdahl, your host on Pets Mean Business on the Pet Life Radio Network. And we're talking about entrepreneurship and, you know, these conversations that we have on, on our show. They're just, I mean, I'll be honest. We write the script. We have this outline. We have, like, we do our due diligence. We really understand who we're talking to, who I'm talking to. And I have all of these, like, all of this stuff. Right, Garrett? I mean, you got the, you got the paper, Garrett. You saw all the th- ways that we prepare for this. But then we get into it. And it goes in different directions. And I just think that that's the beauty of everything. And that really embodies just the beauty of entrepreneurship and especially in tech where you can be agile, um, which is what we're doing in the conversation, right? Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I love the fluidness of conversations. And again, we don't need to go through the uh, 18 questions that you sent me and that I needed, that I wrote out answers for. Do, did you really? talk about life okay. and see how so, it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Carol, listen. 
if you actually wrote out answers, send them to me and we can actually, we'll do something with that. We can create a blog from that. So send those to me. Don't just right. do them. We'll do something with them because that's good work. We want to reward your effort. You know? <laughs> like a dog, I want to give you a treat for doing good work. Hey, positive um, yay, good boy. <laughs> good boy, Garrett. Okay, so let's talk about this tech world and what's going on. So, you know, like I mentioned before, we went to the break. I've seen a lot of pet startups. Uh, I've seen a lot of digital startups in the pet space start out with these huge and goals to create their own apps and their own platforms all from the ground up. And then and when I say I've seen this, I'm actually, what I should say is I've lived I've this. This. Right. <laughs> this, is my, this is kind of my, this is my recent life story for the last year and a half. And so all of a sudden they get into this whole, they have all of these ambitions and all of these views about how they're going to change the industry with their technology concept. And then all of a sudden it causes you get trouble from a developer. I think twice as much, take you know, three times as much and five times as long. And all sudden growth is hampered. And again, this is my story um, with FetchFind. It totally went through some pain on the FetchFind stuff. And, and I know that we talked about that a little bit when we were having lunch wherever we were in LA. But, you know, I think that when startups are going through their early development, you know, there's trouble, like I said, coming from any possible way, development, finances, et cetera, it hampers the growth. I've gone through a lot of those pain points with my company. Am I assuming that you've also gone through some of those pain points with yours? Absolutely. You know, I think that the biggest thing that hits you as an entrepreneur is the idea of how much you're going to spend. Uh, uh, I, uh, you know, even, even coming from a technology background, I met with some of the top people that I knew and they're like, great, I kind of described at a high level what I wanted to build. They're like, yeah, it's going to cost you $60,000. And I was like, 60000 Are you kidding me? That's so much money. And I've spent over half a million now. Yep, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a runway that never stops. Um, and it's scary to be honest. I mean, sometimes, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a really good job and saved a lot of money. So I had a longer runway. I didn't have to go out and raise money or anything like that. But it's one of the scariest parts because, you know, you have other people that depend on you. I had a wife. I had, I had one daughter at the time when I'd quit who was just two years old. Now I'm up to four. So. Uh, not four daughters, three daughters, <laughs> one one son. But, but you know, it's just when you're an entrepreneur and you're a solopreneur where mm-hmm. you're the only person you care about, you can sleep on a couch, you can sleep on a neighbor's yard, you That's can right. do we'll do whatever is necessary to keep right. all the money and put it into the business. It's That's different right. than mm-hmm. if you have people depending upon you. And I think that's where you get the biggest stresses. And that's why a lot of businesses fail because when they hit that point where it's like, oh my gosh, am I going to make it or not? Let me just pull the ripcord and let me go back to my safety net. I think that happens so often. And I think that if more people had a higher pain tolerance or aversion to risk that they would see, we would see more successes in small startups and small mm. businesses. That's actually but interesting. That's, depend on you. that's an interesting vantage point that kind of taking, uh, making a delineation between, as you use the term, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that have either a family that they are responsible for or a team or some other um, over some other outside expense. And it isn't just about them sleeping on a couch or, or outside or wherever. That's actually really, and I think you're right. I think those do create a different strategy. Those two different kind of personas, if you will, those two entrepreneurial personas create different strategies and do lead to different timelines and do totally change your perspective um, and your perception on what, what's happening at that time in your business. So you've gone through about a half a million for your, in the last how long? Five years? Uh, last six years. Yeah. Six, six years. years. So, so, all right. So that's actually, I mean, I think, again, you follow the lean startup methodology. And for those of you who don't know what that is, definitely check it out. There's um, it's really... It's somewhat controversial in some circles um, in the technology world. Other folks, uh, it's their religion. I don't know where you fall in that, Garrett. Are you religious or is this just work for you? 
I am pretty religious around right. the lean startup. I, you know, the first book I ever read on for starting my business was uh, Four Steps to Epiphany. And that is really the book that got me to go out and interview these customers and identify that my product was before I started building, right? If I wouldn't have read that book, I would have started building right away and I would have waited months and months and I would have spent $100,000 and realized now I have to pivot. Right. So this book, let's say the name of the book again. Uh, Four Steps to Epiphany. Four Steps to Epiphany. Okay. We don't need the author. The Googles can take care of that. So you are religious about lean startup. So you know, if you're trying to figure out what lean startup means, everybody, it's testing before spending. <laughs> that's, is that kind of a, I think that's a good way to nugget it down, right? Test before spending. Yeah, it's a core. I think, it, you know, really the lean startup, um, yes, testing before spending, which, which they call customer development is the number one thing that you need to do. It needs to mean that you have to talk to people who are not your friends, who are not your family. To actually right. get real validation. Will somebody actually pay for what you think is going to be a good idea that you can make money from. Once you validate your idea, the lean startup really then becomes small tests. A lot of hundreds, thousands Mm -hmm. of small tests Mm -hmm. proving that what you're doing is what people are looking for. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And I think that, you know, the term lean startup and this kind of blanket concept and this movement, and I think it is a movement, has really taken, I think, the technology world by storm. But don't you also think that you can actually apply lean startup to any business? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about advice again. I want to get back to advice because I do think that that's one of the things that we do best on the show is to be a source of advice. Pet industry. Let's talk specifically about advice in the pet industry. How have you seen or what have you seen are the differences in pet industry versus non-pet industry as it relates to the work that you're doing? So what are you getting from the pet industry that you either want more from and it's kind of a challenge or what are you getting that you are surprised by that's helping to really push your growth forward? What are those things? Yeah, I mean, I think that the first thing that I saw in the pet industry that really just warmed me was the ability to talk with business owners and Mm -hmm. have them be so nice to you. Mm -hmm. That's right. (laughs) Coming from the tech space and meeting with, you know, the CIO or the CTO from Wells Fargo or Charles Schwab, they're not as nice. (laughs) You mean they're not as nice as a dog walker? (laughs) Right. You know, they're just not as nice. They they think that they're more important. But I find that the people in this industry, they're passionate about pets and they're passionate about what they do. But, you know, it always reminds me of this woman I used to work with. She always used to say when, when the CEOs were mean to her, she always started her meeting with, we're all humans first. And I think that people in our industry, they realize that and they're open to conversations and they're friendly and they're nice, even if they don't want what you have, which, again, you're going to have that. But they're just nice. They're nice people and they're great people to work with. They're open and they're open to talking about things. Even if they are scared about an idea, they'll still talk to you about it and tell you why they don't like the idea. I find the same thing to be true for many, many years now. I think that's one of the things that makes this industry so unique is that it is a passion-based industry. And no matter what the product that you're trying to sell, whether it's a you know a consumer packaged good or whether it's technology or whether it's you know an accounting service, whatever this is, that when you go to these business owners to present them with really a solution, because that's the other thing too, right? Like you're doing something that is solution-based. It's not yeah. about like, hey, here's a new treat. Not that there's anything wrong with new treats because those are always in a and interesting. And I think that that's, again, what makes the pet industry so cool is that new treats are awesome because we need to see that stuff happen. And we need to see those shelves lined with new things all the time. But, you know, in your space, like, you know, what you're doing is you're actually providing a solution that leads to increased ROI. And I think that um, the pet space being so nimble and also so new and also, I think, lots of room for innovation, I think that that can either be a 
good thing or I think it could be a bad thing. And it sounds like your experience is more of a, a good thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, did I just make any sense I, just now? I hope I did. <laughs> I think that it's absolutely a good thing. You know, I think that the one thing that the pet industry has is that it has an immense amount of passionate people who are in it. You don't enter the pet industry to make a bazillion dollars. You enter it because you have a passion for animals and you have a love for animals. And that's really, you, you mentioned earlier, it's at the core of almost everybody in this industry. Mm-hmm. That's true. And so, that, that, is core, true. that core, I think that what that allows us to do, whether you're selling a technology or you're selling a pet product, it allows you to create true brand advocates. That's right. Somebody who is going to shout at the top of their lungs that they love your product. And more so, you know, again, in my old world, we used to get reviews and we used to get people who would be um, do a video testimonial and things like that. But it was never, you never really had a brand advocate for a consulting company. It's not somebody who just talks about you every single time. But in this industry, I have 20, 30, 50 brand advocates, people who will love, who love our product, who love our service, who love to talk to potential customers to talk to them about how awesome it is and how they will enjoy working with us and things like that. And I think that it's true for everything in the pet space, again, regardless of what you sell, whether you're selling technology or products or, or treats. Well, it's interesting. You just said something that made me think. I was in a meeting this morning with uh, another technologist around marketing and talking about strategies and thinking about kind of what's happening as far as best practices for customer acquisition. And and he's a real expert in the space and he really gets it. Not the pet space. I'm talking about just digital marketing and customer acquisition. And we talked a lot about cause marketing which is this um, concept of corporations aligning themselves with nonprofit organizations that support the corporation's kind of mission or vision or product and kind of tying themselves in with this nonprofit, either again, whether it's a cause or whether it's an exact, right. or whether it's a specific People company. Have passion, right? It's, it's, well, it's, it's Tom's, right? It's the Tom's model, yeah. Tom's footwear, you know, give one, get one or buy one, give one. So, but the interesting thing that you just talked about, there's an intersection that's happening. So the market itself, so consumers as consumers, right? You and I are both consumers as consumers are really looking for a place to connect with brands and connect with businesses. And that leads to these evangelists that you're talking about. So I think that this is a really fertile time for pet businesses in particular, because our opportunity to connect with our customers, whether they're the public or whether they're businesses, B2B, I think the opportunity is really there right now because we could do things because people are looking for reasons to like companies. And the pet space really offers that opportunity because it is the pet space. And when I'm hearing you talk about this, that's my biggest takeaway from what you're teaching me and what you're talking about, which is brand advocacy in the pet space is absolutely the number one goal for any pet brand because it means something beyond, hey, these shoes are comfortable. I really like my computer. I really like this dry roasted edamame brand. You know, there's, I mean, it's something that's like this, this like, it's like this really heartfelt, it has to come from a very, uh, very organic, a very meaningful place for people to really get behind a pet brand. And I just hear you talking about it I just can't help but agree with everything you're saying. You're a very special man. You're a special guy. Oh, thank you, Jamie. No, you, you are. You're very special. You're very you're very bright, I think, and you're very creative and you're very willing. Are you also very willing? I always ask my guests and I put them on the spot and I'm doing it to you too. Are you comfortable giving out your um, personal Twitter or your personal email if people want to reach out to you with additional questions? Yes, of Yeah, course. they can absolutely. I don't do anything on Twitter. We have a, my team does that, but uh, they can email me just at my name, G-A-R-R-E-T at PaulLoyalty.com. 
P-A-W-L-O-Y-A-L-T-Y.com. All right, that's awesome. And we'll put that um, when we post this episode on the website, Pets Mean Business, then we'll make sure that we also include that because we have had some guests that, you know, listen, our guests are amazing people. I'm not going to have anyone on this show who is not amazing. And I mean, I truly mean that. I, we are very selective because I feel like the conversations that we have here and the lessons that I hope that we promote and the messages that we're creating, I think that it's really important that listeners can just not hear it, but also kind of follow up with it too. So thank you. I really appreciate that. Speaking on behalf of our listeners. All right. So we're going to wrap up here. So before we do that, is there anything um, in particular that you want to share? Uh, Do you want to talk about maybe your, uh, is there a Facebook page that you want people to visit and like? Is there something we can do for you? Something our listeners, uh, our community can do for you to help out? Yeah. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Yeah. I think that's, you know, again, I'm, I'm all about networking and relationships and connecting people and connecting with people. So um, yeah, I don't need anyone to go and sign up for my product or anything like that, but I'd love to just connect with you on LinkedIn. And if we find something today or 10 years down the road, let's uh, let's be connected. Okay, you're awesome. I love that. That's honestly, I will tell you that you just took my breath away for a moment because I, I would have expected you to say, yes, please like our Facebook page. It shows better traction, it shows better <laughs> metrics, yeah. and all of these things, right? But you just came at it from exactly the right place. That just is a great place for us to, to end here. Here with this message that we are in this world together. We are humans first. We are entrepreneurs second. But most importantly, those things do come together and we are availing ourselves to other people who want to walk down this really amazing path of being in the pet space. So with that, Garrett, please accept my, my gratitude for your time and your expertise and your insights and sharing those with both me and my listeners. We've just It's just been really great having you here. And I'm really excited to offline follow up with you about some of the other things that you and I have discussed. We'll definitely get to that shortly but that's not for now so everybody you have just been listening to pets mean business on pet life radio network if you want to reach me you can always do so on my email jamie at petliferadio.com you can also visit my personal website which is jamie and if you're in the pet space either as a pet business owner or as someone who wants to work with pets but not sure where this is where i always mention my company not because it's a plug or any like weird self-service thing i actually think my company fetch find is like amazing and exactly it is is. i mean it's exactly i eat my own dog food right i I really think that fetch find is designed to help people get into the pet industry in a very meaningful way so please check that out if you're looking for something all right guys thanks so much i look forward to being with you guys next week with our our secret guests that i won't announce yet and uh that is it for now jamie migdahl signing off have a great day everybody thanks for joining us let's talk pets Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.